Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. It's Tuesday. Sometime at oh, it's April 26th, and tomorrow is my birthday. But we, this is my birthday present right here. Uh, we're about to excuse the 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 lack of flow here, but it's been a long time since I have done one of these, and the last time it was not so successful. But we can always edit this out. And we're just trying to. I'm going to press the little button and hope this works. Thanks for hanging in there. Ah, ooh. My, my, my. I hear a sound. Good morning. Yay. We yes. have Houston, we have liftoff. Are we flying? Here we are flying. <laughs> Why not? Right I just, I just, can I do a little bit of an introduction for you? I, I, why not? I'm always curious to know what people think I am. <laughs> hey, I will say, uh, excuse my French, but I will say a tour de, fr- de force. A tour de force. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. Martha O'Brien Lamphere is a great friend of mine. A uh, We were discussing yesterday the amazing connection. I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs and his theory of the dots that uh, we never know where the dots are going looking forward, but looking back, it all makes sense. And wow, we have quite a, uh, a tapestry here. We have quite a, uh, a weaving of threads that have brought us together and put us together at this point in time. Everything from my meeting uh, a good friend of yours at the age of eight in a schoolyard in Roxbury, Massachusetts, and befriending him, not knowing that along the way, you and I would connect through him, by him, around him, and then that you would ultimately, he and you would connect me to the love of my life. And uh, a woman I am uh, in love and living with right now. And so it's a great story. And in the past couple of days, we've... Who is is my stepbrother's wife? I mean, you know, it's like, I, I think... You know, you're simplifying the story, but but what really makes it so, um, I mean, like a movie, really. You know, it's funny, and I'm going to do a sidebar. My stepfather used to say all the time, oh, my, it's like a movie around here. It's just like a movie. And my mother and I would just laugh. That was his thing. All my life growing up, he'd say, oh, my, oh my God, it's like a movie around here. It's like a movie. And I would just roll my eyes and go, okay, because he was my stepfather. He, you know, I'm like, oh, he's just older. He doesn't, what, you know. But really, now I think, you know, it really is like a movie because the circumstances totally. and the details, because it really is all the details. So you're simplifying a story that if really you told the details in a movie, someone would just think it was a movie and they wouldn't actually probably think that could actually happen in real life, but it is, which is, which is the irony of it all. That's right. It's a story in and of itself. So Martha, I, uh, I stood back these times in Martha's life because my, uh, 
my friend was, you guys were the bell of the ball, the bell of Boston. There was nothing, there was no party, there was no uh, event that didn't have you two guys somehow either uh, involved, creating, or at least attending. And not only did uh, that happen in Boston, but it carried over into Nantucket, which is the playground of of uh, of of proper Bostonians. And you're right. The whole time, it's like a movie. And uh, uh, you, well, I'll, I'm going to kind of shut up here in a second. But you, uh, as I say, a tour de force. And right now, we're doing these. Uh, the beauty of these is we can decide to keep them or not. But I think people are going to love hearing this crazy, wild uh, story and Martha's uh, interest in sharing, sharing the power that you have, the influence that you have, the example that you are, the philosophy you have, the, the, the life knowledge that you have, and certainly the, um, the academic in the sense of you've You've you you're a, like me. You're an aficionado and a lover of everything um, self-help and and uh, spiritual and philosophical. So I think that's enough to give them at least a tease of of who you are. So I'm going to let you go and um, tell us why you're here today. Um. <laughs> well, uh, I. Why am I here? I, you know, I ask myself that every day. I'm not really sure. But I can tell you that six years ago, um, I gave birth to my daughter. And um, after 19 rounds of IVF and three miscarriages, uh, a lot of focus and difficulties along the way uh, at the age of 45. And um, it changed my perspective. I have always been a passionate person. I have always been a compassionate person at the levels in which I was in my life, um, some, sometimes more so than others, as, as we all are. Um, but what really happened for me in, in the more recent years is an awakening, awakening and an understanding of people outside of myself, which you can't really know unless you have people outside of yourself because you can only know what you know for yourself which was the first 45 years of my life so I after bringing my daughter into the world um, and putting my health and wellness back together after that difficult journey of of actually birthing her um, I just I had a bit of an epiphany and I realized that I needed to start focusing, you know, you start when they're a baby preparing their, uh, you know, what are you going to get for them? You know, I'm going to have a nursery. And then, you know, the next steps are, well, my child is going to walk. I've got to have the right shoes for them. And, and I've got to, what are, what will they eat? You, you know, it's this maternal influence that guides you to create the best environment can for your child and I I got to a certain point which is when I put her in school this is sort of the first time this happened to me at age three um, where I sort of saw things that didn't align with 
the research that I had done and the things that I knew. And and so I thought, gosh, well, um, uh, how can I, what can I do to um, make the situation look a little different? And so I immediately went to the school and said, well, I, I really think the kids should be eating healthy food and this and that. And I was very well-intended in my um, path and plan to do those things. But it was really all, also coming just from my own perspective. And um, and so really, ultimately, what I, what I think my mission is at this point point is to create awareness for things that I want my daughter to know. And um, hopefully those things might help some other people. And really, selfishly, they've helped me the most to even understand them, which was to be accepting of my own misgivings and to laugh at my own um, philosophies at certain points in time and to just allow myself um, the grace to be one woman who's trying to just make the world a better place for myself and my family and for those around me. So Beautiful. that's kind of a long winded answer. No, but it, said. You know, I mean, because you're, you're talking about an awakening. There's so much here. The other day when you called me, uh, you know, from the second I picked up the phone, I kept telling you uh, when you voiced your intention to now uh, this storehouse of knowledge, this storehouse of experience, this, this these personal awakenings. You want to take at this point in your life, which is a great time. You know, you've you're uh, uh, you're you know at, at a wide well, age. I'm fortunate to be 52. I speak my age, and thank you for being gracious and not saying it. (laughs) And I understand that. But, you know, my philosophy with age, and a lot of people have different philosophies, so I don't, you know, we're all where we are. Um, I think in life we have to be the best version of of ourselves where we are. And, you know, do I want – to look fabulous all the time, 100. Yes, of course I do. But the reality is, um, you know, our bodies age, and there's some things that we can do to offset that, but it's okay to age because it's actually kind of what we're doing here on this planet. We're dying when we get here, you know, sort of like. So I, I, I sometimes I call myself Captain Obvious because we, we have to point out what's there and not be afraid of it. And not, you know, think it's bad or good. It just is. And if you want to be the best version of yourself, then by all means, that exists as an option. And so that's why I say, yeah, I'm I'm 52. And I I used to sort of say it to shock people because everyone says, well, you don't look 52. So, you know, it was a a selfish reason I would do it. And, And then I'd say, well, it's not by accident. You know, there's, I've consciously chosen to take care of myself and my brain and my health. And, you know, at some point I'll, I will look 52, but I just hope I'm 82 when I look 52. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but you get the idea. <laughs> I totally get the idea. And but the key words, you know, that um, 
that, that I heard the other day, uh, there were so many of them. I heard awakening, uh, and I heard uh, sharing, and uh, I heard uh, concern. You know, not, not that, that there's that you and I both feel that this is a time uh, to a return uh, to the, the the important values, and so. But the one that really triggered me, and I think that you are really onto something, and especially at this time, was the word, I'll let you say it, the one that we said could be the ch- uh, title of your first book. Oh, Authenticity. Yes. Well, and so it's interesting because I think that we really don't always have an accurate depiction of ourselves. Um, which is why it's important to surround yourself with really good people because um, you, we, 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 we can't know who we are. We're, we are, we are us. And, and so we can't know exactly, you know, what our actions mean fully um, because, because they're us. Um, and, you are the one who who brought out to me an authentic way of living, and I guess I never really thought of it that way because I never put a tag on doing just the way I know what I do. Do you know if that makes sense? I I think that I I was raised with certain values, um, and I just lived them, and I didn't find them to be. Um, an adjective, if that makes sense, you know. And so I think, in in a way, you know, you've you've taglined it as being authentic, and and seeing that as something that you think is um, important to share. I just, you know, see it as living our lives um, from the heart, and and having empathy for others, and having, um, you know, focus on our impact in the world. And so I, I really lived them as a way of life and didn't, you know, didn't really think about, okay, today I'm going to wake up and make sure I'm super authentic. I need to do that. Okay, what is authentic? You know, I didn't, it's not, you know, when you live from the heart and when you um, focus on the things that are good for you, in your life, meaning your diet and um, listening to positive messages and stopping and looking at the beautiful things that God's created on the earth, the animals, the plants, the trees, you, your focus is different. And I don't, you don't know if you necessarily have it as an adjective. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, and what, you know, it totally resonated with me because we're living Right now, everybody wants authentic. Deep down, everybody, uh, whether it comes to the, the news media, the social media, whatever, people are looking for the truth. They're looking for authenticity. They want to know who's, where is the fake news? Where is the real news? Where is the real? And so immediately I lit up. And it was interesting because when I did the description of this show, um, they asked for so for us to create taglines 
And so every other tagline I had put in there, a spirituality, whatever, as all it had to do was type the first three letters and whoop, you know, it's self, uh, self wrote because the tags are so popular. And when I typed, and I was very curious that when I typed A-U-T-H, what would happen? Nothing happened. There was no other rush to uh, authenticity used 6,500,000 times. It was, so I, I, I'll have to see if that's consistent with when I do enter it. But um, it's, I, I don't know. In all of our readings, and I'm as much a, a, a self-help and spiritual junkie as you are, I've never seen that. And yet that's ultimately, the, you know, one of the higher principles is truth. Truth, love. Uh, you've touched on a couple of others this morning that I can we can talk about as we go down. But I think you. But I I I want to. I'm just having a thought that I just want to sort of sidebar on with authenticity. You know, authenticity is more than just. Um, in order to be authentic, you have to be okay with a lot of things and we have to accept that um, people are people and errors can happen and things aren't always perfect and I, I think we live in a world that doesn't allow for authenticity so that's why there isn't so much of it and fortunately for me being 52 I can tell you about it because every error I made was not on social media. Every uh, mistake that happened wasn't talked about. Um, so I had the grace to grow into who I am, which is, I believe, an accepting individual. And I'm not saying I accept everything. I'm perfect. I'm fabulous. I'm not. I'm not. But what I do is I try. I try and keep an open mind. I try and understand things. I try to, um, you know, I try to see all sides of an equation. Um, I, I, I try to, I try to, you know, be the person I want to see in the world. That was a, a little saying that I had on my coffee mug some years ago, and it, I loved it. Right? Be the person you want to see in the world. It's kind of cheesy, but you know, so am I. So I love it, and it's you know resonates. And so you know, I think today those little things don't get out there as much as maybe like when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. We didn't have social media, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have we had face to face. <laughs> we had a social engagement. We had, and that either taught you that you um, were socially awkward or you weren't. And if you cared enough to, you know, focus on those things, you did. But it was a much, it allowed for more EQ. And I think that in in a way, and I, I'm not damning social media because I love social media when used beneficially. I think that I've learned so much from so many people and I love listening to great lectures and I love learning about things and I, you know, I love what the internet has done in a positive way in the world. But I think the unintended consequences of 
social media is that kids grew up thinking that things needed to look a certain way in their own life as they do on social media, which, of course, we know is not the case. Um, so it, it, it was so unhealthy in that, of course, you're not going to look like the airbrush people. Of course, you're not, you know, everyone doesn't have two Ferraris in their garage and a jet in their backyard. Of course, you know, I mean, so the reality is, you know, that social media um, brought home were that, you know, it made people feel inadequate because, um they compared themselves to someone else, you know, which may or may not even have been the truth or may or may not even have been, you know, you're comparing your it's apples to oranges. And so I think we, we have a generation of kids that have grown up with a very unrealistic and unhealthy approach to life. If I could go so far as to say an inauthentic approach to life. So as a 52-year-old mom who grew up without these things, because you have to think, my daughter's six. Most of the moms my age are not 52, okay? So they didn't grow up the same way I did. So as a 52-year-old mom, I can see the parts of the equation that are missing. And I can see where the train's going to go because I've ridden it. So, you know, I, it's not that I think I'm any smarter, any wiser, any better. I, it's not, you know, I, I don't have all the answers. But I can tell you that there are some things that I have seen um, because I have exposure to them. And ironically, I wouldn't have if I wasn't a 52-year-old mom. I wouldn't have an understanding of these things. And uh, I married my husband later in life, and I have four stepchildren from the ages of 30 to 42, which is so fascinating because they were raised, you know, in the night, you know, raised, you know, they're not that much younger than me, right? They're not, they're not, um, they were raised just at, just at a different time. So I can... I can talk to them about these things and, and I can talk to them, you know, I, my, my, my daughter was an aunt before she was born. So I can understand, you know, it's very, it's a very unique perspective, right? Think about that because we are, you know, my husband jokes, we're the modern family. Well, okay, we are, but what that's given me is just insight in so many different generational upbringings. And I also grew up in Kentucky, and my stepchildren grew up in New York. Um, my daughter was born in New York, and we opted to move down to Florida uh, very early on, uh, literally weeks after she was born. So um, it's, it's so fascinating because we have had exposure as a family to so many different ways of seeing and doing things, which – you know, for what it's worth, I don't know that there's as many people that, you know, have, you know, family members that are, you know, CEOs and, you know, brought companies public in Silicon Valley from, you know, 
Ivy League educated to, you know, to people living in, you know, snow mass in the mountains. Like, so I really get to be sort of like an, an, a data analyzer of ways that people are raising kids in different parts of the country from different ages. And so it is from there that I speak. And it's from there that I guess, as you say, which I never think about it that way, that I've sort of awakened to some things that I I always knew I wanted for my children, but until you are living those things, you don't know what that actually means, right? You don't, you can't know until you're walking in that path. Exactly. You know, I, I love it. Uh, you, you're right. You, you, you have a lab, you know, a data lab, an analysis lab. You have a think tank. You, even though they're only 10 years younger than you, your step kids, it's a, that 10 years constitutes a generational gap. Uh, you know, that's, yes. you know, yeah, and, and that's beautiful because, right, because you see how their lives have unfolded and how your life has unfolded. Theirs with social media, yours without for most of your life. And, and two, you know, two, and one of my stepchildren has a very important job with Instagram. So it's not, you know, I, I think that, you know, I come from a space of trying to create the best version of what we have. I always believe that we have to evolve and change with the times. And when that happens, there are always unintended consequences. So let's look at what those are and make them great. You know, it's not that I think that there is anything bad going on in the world. I think we, when social media and, and Facebook was launched, um, there, you know, it's really just learning how to use the tools that exist today in a way that benefits us as a society. That's really how I see it. Not that I think, oh, my gosh, we're in this world where it's terrible and everything's bad. I think, you know, it's like driving a car, you know. It's a heavy piece of machinery that you have to be trained properly and then you're given a license. You know, I think we have to consciously understand all of the choices and actions that we are bringing into our into our world and you know figure out what the best way to do those things is that's really that's really what my goal is really trying to figure out you know and that sort of fits under that tagline of you know how to be the best version of yourself and right now myself is a mom is um an advocate for children um I'm on the board of my daughter's school. I'm on the board of Memorial Stone Kettering. You know, I'm an advocate for health. I'm an advocate for the world. I mean, yes, I love the country, but honestly, I, I, want, I want the world to be a better place. I, I want us all to be, you know, happier across the board. I, I don't think yeah. it just has to be with us. Well, you know, and, um, you know, I, I have to add my my take on everything you've said and who you are, et cetera. You know, and I'm just going to tell the audience, uh, you know, Martha's not kidding. She really, really operates. This is Martha's operating system. You know, I tend to be uh, more cynical uh, uh, when I see the yin and yang and I see the, you know, what I refer to as evil side. And, um, 
you know, Martha and I have kind of clashed on that. But I, I, I like, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, you have a headlight on, you know, the, the, the analogy they use about the car going down when there's fog. You can only drive as far as you can see. Uh, so those headlights uh, become your world. You can, uh, you, you can only go forward that amount. And you have this light that's around you. There, there's a lot of negative things going on, but you persist in wanting to be the light that uh, paves the way. And that's, that's why you, ha- you know, that's the fuel for your engine. That's the fuel for your why this passion to even beautifully said, you know, yes, we love our country and yes, we want the country to be great, but by looking, embracing the whole world and having a world vision, uh, that's, you know, that speaks to everything what you're trying to uh, educate here. And I'll hand it over to you. I I, I mean, you know, I... I think that we're, you know, we're never going to really understand how to make the world a better place. You know, we are one part of the world, and so we can all just be all fabulous in our corner, but the rest of the world, if it's not fabulous, that will affect us. And so, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I I don't have the answer, so I, I don't. I don't want to get into a political conversation on the the actual ways this should happen because I am certainly not the person to have that discussion. But I can tell you um, everything I've done in my life to make the world a better place is starting with my own home first and in my community and in my daughter's school. And I'm starting with the things that I can directly create change with because I, there are things going on in the world that I do not understand and that I, I literally cannot change. I mean, I can't take the finger off the button. I can't. But what I can do is make somebody around me smile. I can help, you know, it's not even just always about a financial support. You know, I can give a word of, of compassion. I can smile at someone. I can... Um, appreciate another human being that's in my path. I can, you know, there's just so many things that we can do that don't cost anything uh, that can can just raise the vibration of our direct environment. And I, I think the more we start to do things like that, the more we'll start to affect the change that is directly around us. I used to call it the dandelion effect or the, you know, pebble effect, you know, you, you, you throw, you know, you blow a dandelion and and all those little pores go off everywhere. And so it's never really just the one thing you do. You know, if, if I, if you and I have this amazing conversation and we're focused on, you know, creating something that we think could make a difference in the lives of others as well as ourselves, because, you know, it's, it's not that I am this selfless soul who's wandering the planet just to just do things for others. I value my own health, well-being, financial stability, ability to help others. I value those things at the same level that I value others. 
so you know it's it's a holistic approach to really everything right it's just trying to create a balance in all the aspects and when you when that's your blueprint as a way of being then you that just transfers into everything it transfers into your 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 business arrangements it transfers into your you know your how you just how you how you roll you know and and i i think it certainly in my own life um it serves me well i i can't speak to others but i well it certainly it certainly serves you well as as an observer and a uh, a co-runner in uh you know we have these parallel lives and not only parallel now you know i'm um you know i'm involved with your sister-in-law <laughs> right so i'm family as i said to you the other day i am now family and uh yeah it, it's fascinating to me but you know i love the dandelion i had never heard the dandelion analogy but you know the other one is, of course, is the uh, the flap of the wing of the uh, butterfly. You know, a butterfly's um, flying, and how just that little reverberation will, could cause a hurricane on the other side of the planet, because we are all interconnected. And I think what you're doing, which is fabulous, because everybody right now, and let's face it, um, people are being influenced by the media, by social media. They're, in my terms, a lot of people are, are going deeper to sleep because they're being more and more programmed. And what what you're talking about is bringing it back down to the authenticity. What can we do well, about all these experiences? I'm, I'm, I'm not... Just to, just to interrupt you, I'm sorry for a moment. I am talking about programming, just for you to know. I am talking about deep programming. I am talking about the deepest levels of programming. And but what I'm saying is let's just make that programming about things we want to create in the world, right? So I'm not saying let's change the paradigm. I'm just saying let's change the narrative. I, I'm just saying we can, we can talk about something, something positive in the world for just as much time as we can talk about other things. And so let's let's just choose positive because it's more fun. Absolutely, and you know, since the, this planet started spinning, that you know, that isn't the way the people that some for some reason we gravitate toward the negative. Uh, for, well, it goes for, back to our fight or flight. It is actually, um, you know, think about cavemen. So that's it's actually it, it, it's how our world has evolved. And so it's not, it's not that this moment in time is this. We are, we have not changed since, you know, we are, our DNA is cavemen who had to be aware, highly aware of that large dinosaur that would eat you. So we were programmed to be focused on, on, the fight or flight on okay is it a is it a, is it going to kill me is it and and so that is what's in our dna and so we have to consciously choose to understand that we have that and say okay well there's not a dinosaur that's going to eat me anymore so i don't need to be focused 
at that same fight or flight level. And what we've done as a society through the use of social media is, is social media was a tool that could have gone either way, but what it's, what's happened is, is it's gone in that direction. And, you know, in another life I did some political training and went to campaign finance school and understand the data of, of negative advertising. And because that's what people respond to, because that goes back to our historic evolutionary fight or flight response. And so we are not programmed um, to think, okay, what's a proactive behavior? You know, uh, how do I want to take care of myself so that I don't have a problem? How, you know, we're, we're not, our brains are wired. We have, to, we have to consciously choose to change the wiring, I guess. Is what, we have to change our own narrative. And, and that will happen in time just the way, it, you know, it, it's evolution. How, how fast that will happen, time will tell. I, I don't know. But with the Internet as a tool, we do have the ability to change it um, within our species, if you will, much faster because we can focus on, um, on heart-centered choices and alleviate a lot of fear and a lot of other things that simply exist because that was the way our brains have been wired for throughout time. So it's fascinating, you know, and our health issues, a lot of them are directly related to these things because we were never meant to be in fight or flight mode. We were never meant to be in fight mode 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And that is where we have gone as a result of the Internet sort of, if you will, you know, speeding up things. And and it's not even just the Internet. It's the evolution of our planet um, has sped up. And, you know, that used to be sort of tracked in the NASA website. And you're not seeing it so much anymore, but you can find it. Um, and so vibrationally, our planet is is changing. And and so, um, you know, some people describe, describe this as the age of Aquarius. Or listen, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answers are, but I can tell you that life feels faster to me. That I can, like me, you know, Martha Lamphere, mom, whatever. Life feels faster. And so my approach to that has been to consciously slow myself down walk outside, ground myself in the earth's energy, and really focus on the outcomes that I desire in my life. And, um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's where we are. And, uh, so appropriate this morning. I'm a huge fan of Alan Watts. He's, uh, he came to me. I love do you, do you like Alan? Love him. Yeah. He's just yeah. so, just fabulous. I mean, that, so that's, okay, that's, a, that's a, an approach to the Internet. We talk about the Internet. I would never know who Alan Watts is. I would never get to hear him speak I would, if I didn't have Instagram. So, it's, so Instagram for me is an amazing tool because I focus on positive, intellectual things that, I enjoy learning. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yes, no, I love Alan Watts. And, and, and boy, you know, he, there's so much to him. And I was, there's, 
one of the things that uh, we've touched on is this thread in our lives. You know, my meeting George at the uh, at the age of eight. You know, he was this poor kid. I, you know, was in the third grade, and when when this part, uh, it was first day of school, and the and the you know the playground is full of kids and the schoolyard, and he's standing there for poor guy, and he's so lonely because nobody's you know his kids are. Uh, you know, not many kids take the, the big step to go over and uh, bring a stranger into the group uh, and to the herd. And I went over and introduced myself, and I, I'm, I'm laughing at the, you know, the dandelion effect, the, the butterfly effect, that that one step toward making a friend who came the, the longest friend in my life uh, led to us being, quote, family uh, you know, that's a, that's an and, amazing and, thing. And even though um, we were together for, never married, but, but together for, I don't know, eight or ten years, um, he's the godfather to my child, <laughs> exactly. Hillary. So, you know, and, and, and so, you know, that's just, you know, you want to talk about, you know, and, and was he the godfather the day we broke up? No, no, because life happens. But when you have a certain way of being as a person, you can allow yourself time to heal and realize the people in your life that matter. And I think also for me, I should say in this conversation for, you know, I, I can, I have, I don't want to say been forced. I evolved into this unique way of being because I have gone through a lot in my life. I've had a lot of loss. You know, my my father died of a heart attack at 26. Um, my stepfather uh, had a stroke and subsequently died not long after. Um, my brother was killed in a car accident. My best friend, my best childhood friend, who my daughter was named after, um, died of cancer. Um, and and then I lost my mother three years ago. So literally my core group that surrounded me through my life, my childhood, um, all died in a different way. And, you know, I was given this sort of new family. And, um, you know, it makes you look at life differently. You know, it just does. And I, you know, I feel fortunate to have had this path that I've had because I do look at life differently and I do understand the value of each day and each action at a very different level than someone who has not gone through those experiences. It's just, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Well, it is good in a sense that, you know, I mean, all of the great sages have talked about death as giving meaning to life. I mean, Steve Jobs, his, his lecture at Stanford had so many great thoughts from the, the concept of the docked to he talked about death. And at the time he was dying, he had pancreatic cancer. And he didn't uh, disdain death or devalue death. In fact, he elevated it. He said, you know, death gives meaning to life because because we know there's an end point. 
uh, we know we only, uh, he started off his lecture, you know, uh, my time is limited. All of our time is limited. And with that, it's like a great uh, athletic event, a game. You know, the game is going to end at so many quarters or at a, at a certain time. And what are you doing that? You've only got this certain amount of time to, to perform your best, everything that you've been talking about. So death, for, for all of its um, negative implications, is also the great motivator uh, for, for those who look at it that way. I, you know... You know, I came down with a form of cancer at the age of 13 that if 100 kids got, 95 died. And my because I entered the medical field, almost every single week, a doctor would ask me why I was limping. And I would say, well, I had osteo. And he wouldn't let me finish. And he would abruptly say, uh, if you had that, you'd be dead. So death was always my motivator for jamming it in, for really cramming life in as and I think, you know, now that we're sharing this topic of death, I think it certainly is is influenced you because you don't leave a second unturned. You know, you go full force all the time to to grab as much of this beautiful existence as we can. So, and I think that's uh, that's a great thing to share with people and people, especially our culture. We want to ignore it. We don't want to talk about. Yes. Well, so, you don't get to you don't you don't get to ignore it. <laughs> you don't get to ignore it. And 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 I in a way, I feel fortunate to have experienced it. Um like I you know, everyone that died in my life was awesome. Okay? I had the best dad. I had the best brother. I text my brother every morning on the phone. I I would get up and go to the gym. I happened to be an early riser. And so was he. And so he was the first person I spoke with on the phone every morning because no one else was awake. He would walk me to the gym in New York City um, on the phone. So I, I had phenomenal relationships. Like my mother and I were so close. Like at my best friend, I, you know, I had the people that are no longer with me here. Um, I, I had amazing relationships with them. And I feel so fortunate for that because, I don't know, I just think I I have no regrets, you know. I look back and, you know, I and I also, I feel fortunate that they died when they did because my brother and I did go through a situation where we didn't actually have communication for two years of our life. And I feel fortunate that, he didn't leave the planet during that time because, you know, maybe life would have been different and I, this would be a different conversation. But we did have our ups and downs But because um, that's life. And um, the bottom line is we resolved them. And, you know, when he left, I, you know, he was my best friend, you know. So, I, and we buried him on his 40th birthday. And I say I would rather have 40 fabulous than nothing. And, you know, does it mean that I don't miss him? Of course not. Or my mom or my dad. or my, I miss them all. But the lessons that I have from my relationships with them in hindsight have really served me well um, at this you point. Know, that's because that's I, 
I get it. Well, that again, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm loving all of this because I'm learning things about you that I I kind of superficially knew, but I'm getting to hear, you know, your your direct expression of them. But you know, this um, again, you, you know, it's about shining the light that you you know when you hear you talk and if you watch if to the observer who sees your life they they probably can't even begin to envision we talked about this yesterday that you because of your positive being because of your positive outlook because of that light that you shine because you move ahead you are constantly moving ahead and um, you're going forward all the time and as a result people are aware of that because you know not not everybody does that and they want to you attract them and they want to know how you operate how are, not only do you, how do you operate how do you manifest the things you did you cannot look at Martha O'Brien Lampfield and not say how the hell are you doing that you know that's amazing mm-hmm. what she's manifesting on 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 so many levels not just um, materially, you know, or financially, but especially emotionally, and uh, you know, and, and and sharing and giving and being on board. So, and and not only that, the way you um, you you dress, you know, you you make a statement, and you know, an an authentic statement, and and even to your home, the way it's decorated, all of these things, these that these talents you have that you you express, so. You know, this is this is the time for this message to go out, and it's and it's a very different message, isn't it? Because um, you're acknowledging death, you're acknowledging hard times, you're acknowledging, you know, we can allude to the the state of the world today, but you're saying, okay, we have that. Now, what do we do with? So, I'll right, you. it's you know, like like here we are, okay. So where are we going forward? Because I'm actually, you know, I could, you know, it's behind door number one, behind door number two, or door number three. You know, that's kind of where I look at life. And, you know, I, and and that is also, you know, yes, I've, I've always had a very optimistic approach and a love of life and a zest for learning. And, but my journey hasn't been, you know, a clear-cut journey to get there. I literally think of myself as being self-made in every area of my life because it wasn't that I didn't have parents that gave me the benefits that they could give me, but it was what I did with those things and and my approach to, you know, what they gave me and how I took the ball and, and ran down the field with it. And um, and I think that's really, you know, everybody's deal, right? When you get the ball handed to you, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, and I, you know, we are not all born exactly the same. Everybody is not, you know, blonde. Everyone is not brunette. Everyone is not fat. Everyone is not rich. Everyone is not you know, tall, like whatever it is, we are not all born the exact same way. So you have to figure out for you, what are you going to do to make you feel good about you to create what you want? 
And everyone doesn't want the life that I've created. Everyone doesn't, you know, nor should they. And, and I don't want the life that everybody else has created. But I can look at what people have created for themselves and and find inspiration in that. Doesn't mean I want it. Doesn't mean I don't want it. We can we can find inspiration by saying, huh, you know, that's a really beautiful home. Gosh, that would be a lot of work for me to actually run. I can appreciate that on so many levels, but I don't need to have it. Maybe I'll visit it. Maybe I'll look at it. Maybe I can just enjoy it in my mind, but I don't have to have it. You know, I think that um, we are given, you know, time is the only thing you really have. You know, money comes and goes, your health comes and goes, your beauty comes and goes, your weight comes and goes. The only thing that is certain is time. That is happening. So, you know, how we use our time matters, you know. So the sooner you can figure out what it is that means something to you, the sooner you can start putting an action plan in place and taking steps to achieve it, whatever that is. Because I achieve things and go, oh, huh, that wasn't what I thought it was. Next. You know, I've had a lifetime of that. And and fortunately, because I didn't have social media and I didn't have people, I didn't, I felt comfortable making mistakes and not at the time because truth be known, I was very hard on myself for a lot of years um, and it's only been in, in, you know, in the last sort of few years that I've decided to, to I've, it's not that I've decided, I've done the spiritual work to understand that I need to be just as compassionate with myself as I am with others. I never had a problem with other people. I never had a problem. If you needed something, let me tell you, I was running over and giving it to you and helping you. My biggest lesson in this planet was having the same grace and compassion that I do for others for myself. Yeah, huh? I think that's that's what, that's really, if we talk about what we want to tagline this, you know, we can call it authenticity, we can call it whatever, but honestly, what I'd really, I think if we all just gave ourselves grace and and an ability to take a breath and say, you know what, <sighs> yes, I did that. I overspent on my credit cards. I put myself in this situation. I've learned I don't want to do that again. I'm going to do something differently next time. How will I learn to do that? If we can just allow ourselves individually, and if we can start with ourselves, then we can start with the collective. Because guess what? The people that are running our towns and our 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 states and our and our country and our world, like we have to give people grace. And I'm not saying everybody's going to do everything the right way, but we have to allow that there can be some mistakes made and we do not, you know, we allow for mistakes to be made because we are a humanity and nobody came with the exact answer. So, you know, if we can start with grace within ourselves and and have that go outwards, you know, that, that would be a huge step. Well, your message, you know, is 
tying this all to authenticity, you know, the other day, yesterday you mentioned um, one of the reasons you feel that you've connected with your dots is that you, you just talked about meaning. I mean, that's the first place to go. The why, the why is always the first step. That's why I started this interview with why are you here? But so getting a sense of meaning, what your meaning, you know, particular meaning, whoever you are, but you also talk about heart, you know, and yesterday you said to me, I was just blessed because what I did, I'm not without thinking about it. You, you told me, and then these are your words, I did what I loved. And yeah. I'd like you to talk, talk about that. That's extremely important. You see, the thread here is your, 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 the taglines are beautiful. Authenticity, love, heart, meaning. These are the things that build an operating system to a beautiful life. But talk about the love thing, the loving what you well, do. Well, you know, I think every decision I ever made came from that space um, because I didn't have, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know where to begin in that, you know, I've always, um, I've always just beat, I, you know, everyone's like, you beat to a different drum. Well, that drum is finding things that I love and doing them. And um, sometimes that worked out well for me and sometimes it didn't. Um, that's, you know, that's part of the journey, right? I mean, you know, I, it's learning. Um, and, um, but, but still going through that space of learning to love things that are healthy for you and that, that, you know, now, so I followed this amazing doctor who I love, Dr. Daniel Amen. And, you know, he talks about your, your, your blueprint for your brain, which is sort of what, you know, helps us make good decisions and things. And, you know, it's, it's either good for my brain or it's bad for my brain. So, I, you know, now I put like the heart doing things I love and then I say it's good for my body or it's bad for my body. So it's sort of, it's either it is or it isn't. And, and, and then I move forward in, um, you know, do I, can I love something if it's not good for me? No. So love for me is, is sort of fascinating because you can love things. I used to love drinking red wine. I loved wine. I mean, I loved wine, not, not to drink. Like, oh, I was never like, oh, let me do 20 shots of tequila. Like, that was not, I didn't, you know, I just loved wine. Um, and... But but as I came to understand, that really wasn't good for me. First of all, I'm allergic to reversitol, which I did not even know. But second of all, alcohol was not good for me. Okay, just just wasn't. Um, you know, long term, it's not really great for anyone. No one talks about that, but that's the reality. Um, and and so I I get that out there because I say to every single like young person, I have several. Um, young people in my life, and I say if I could change one thing, it would be this. And people may or may not want to hear that, but that is the truth. If I could take back one thing, it would be that. Um, or change it earlier, I should say. Uh, because of the clarity of mind and body that it gave me to not drink wine. And that's not to say for everyone, but that's how it, it worked for me. And I was not an out-of-control drinker and launched companies and did fabulous things. So I, I need to clarify that. It was not that I was 
abusing it. Um, but I, but what I learned is that you can love something and it might not be good for you. I loved, you know, clothing and shopping, but to excess that wasn't good for me. So what I learned to do in my life is love what I love, but also, and make decisions from a place of love, but also understand the importance of balance and grounding and and what I love most, which is me being healthy and living a stress-free life and living a life that keeps me motivated. And so, like, love for me just kept growing. Like, what do I love the most? What I love about my life right now is that I am 52 and I am in a position in my life to do things that jazz me, which are, you know, chatting about my experiences and and hopefully using something that happened to me for me to make the world a better place. Because that is just underhanded easy because I lived it. So I know it and I can just share that. Um, and And so I think that, you know, when we talk about love and doing things from a place of love, I think it's also important to put healthy in that equation, healthy love. I think, yes, it's great to do things you love, but I think the caveat to that is love yourself and your and your overall path and plan um, the most so that when you're doing what you love, you're doing it in a way that aligns with that. Because I do think everyone should do what they love. I mean, if you love playing hockey, then you should somehow figure out a way to do that. And But, but if you also love having um, financial security and you are not at the level that you could be a professional hockey player, then you have to balance that. You know, I, I think that we're given so many opportunities and so many choices I think we just have to figure out, you know, how to start them in a way that will bring us the best outcomes. And I think that starts from loving yourself first, which is um, loving where you are, loving what's happening, loving, um, you know, the life you're creating for yourself, loving, um, you know, checking in with yourself. And, you know, if, if I love clothes and I've got a credit card bill that's so large that it's creating stress in my life, maybe that love isn't probably the, the kind of love I should have. Or if I love a boyfriend and he's not treating me in a, in a way that is respectful to me, maybe that love needs to be put in check. So I, I think we can say love and we can say do what you love and be love. But, but I think that it's important that we dial down a bit and say healthy love. I, I learned he- healthy ways to love myself. And I had to learn those because I, my personality, as you said, Tori first, I jump in. I'm all in. And so, yeah, all in can sometimes mean all in. And that's, that's great. <laughs> but so now at 52, my all in is a more focused all in. And then I actually do accomplish exactly what I want because I've thought about all the things that um, are important to me. 
So that's where I think that, you know, this conscious focus with our children um, is important. And it's important to have these conversations, and it's important to allow them to make their own mistakes, because they will. Um, but I think that it's important as parents that we start having the conversations, um, and those conversations benefit us, because me having those conversations with my daughter helped me form more clarity for myself. Me having this conversation with you helps me to realign myself with my ultimate value structure. So I, I you know, it, in my dream world, we would all start to just kind of have these conversations and make them just part of the equation that we need to be doing. What are we consciously choosing? And does that align with our ultimate goal? You know? Well, you, you, um, one of my favorite spiritual friends had a, saying that, you know, you can't force a flower to blossom. And again, knowing you um, for years and observing your life years, and now is your time to blossom. I sat here for this hour a little more than we're talking right now. And um, I sat here many times uh, for, for long periods of this conversation with a big smile because I just resonated with uh, everything you're saying and uh, it's important and especially for the times uh, because you know where you and think of the tools I mean <laughs> you know virtually this is a radio show I mean this is a talk show and you know in days past uh, only a few people got to be the host of their their radio or TV show, and yet everybody can have that opportunity. And not only it doesn't stay here, but uh, somehow these things take on a life of their own, and they get shared. And especially if the message is strong enough. And you know, I'm again, I'm having so much fun with this. One of the things that I, you know, we talked talked about, and I keep sharing with you. I have some innate talent, not one that I chose, not one that I try to even foster, but I can recognize talent. I can see uh, being in the com uh, comedian world and I could see what I call the it factor. And so I'm going to uh, blow your horn a little bit here and say from the, from the day I met you, uh, I knew you had an it factor. You, you, you're not a being that was put here to be timid uh, to be in the background, you don't, you didn't, <laughs> in the in the world of the theater that the world is, you were not meant to be an extra. Uh, you were meant to have a lead role, and that is now happening. And I love it when leaders come forth, especially leaders with your kind of balance, your kind of perspective. You know, uh, you know the brain. You talk about the brain, and obviously. It uh, focuses at all of our attention and keeps things running. But, you know, they've done – have you heard of the Heart Math Institute? I love anyway, Heart Math. I, I, okay. I think it's fabulous. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And so, you know, when you start to uh, observe their work and their discoveries of the heart – that, you know, they can measure the brain's activity up to, I don't know, I guess it's five or six feet from your head. The heart, they can measure the vibration from your heart up to 10 or more feet. So 
you know, I, you know, I have a children's property that's called Dean Town and you're being trust your heart and build your character, everything that you've touched on today. And it's when you take, you know, when you talk about love, loving what you do, and once you've analyzed what that activity and say, is it good or bad? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? And then once you've made the decision to follow that path, that desire, once it's one thing to be in the brain, but once it gets locked into your heart, you're going to get it or you're going to, you're going to die trying. And, you know, that is again, why I talked about why are you here? It's, it's becoming, I think when you listen to this, you, you, I, I hope you're going to be pleasantly surprised. First of all, at how effortless it is for you to share these ideas. And that's, what you're, what you're talking about here. I think that you've come to a situation where you want to share. You've, you've acquired this knowledge, trial and error. You've lived it. You've lived the good things. You've lived the pain. You've, you've bounced back from the adversity. There's so many areas you can go with this, but from the consistent message to especially not only with authenticity, but it's been about sharing and about heart, and about love, and about compassion. And I just have to say, wow, I, I hope that, you know, this being the first of many, many, many podcasts that you do, many interviews, many webinars, um, many courses that you do, uh, I want to cheer you on. I want to be your cheerleader uh, and uh, say, yes, we need more people from you like you to emerge from the crowd to to be the flower well, of the and, and and the beauty of all of this is that none of us are an island you know we all need each other from all walks of life from all perspectives to seek other people who are like-minded and positive and good and and align with them and communicate and share and just do our best to leave the world nicer than when we came. You know, I, I, I mentioned that to you yesterday, my southern background. You know, my mother always taught us that, you know, when you visit them, you leave the you leave the place nicer than when you arrived. You always you know, you you, you take care of things. And I I think that stayed with me, right? I think that, that thought and that mindset of um, doing my part to leave beauty and positive light wherever I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this, again, this... Um you know, one of the biggest problems today is isolation. Uh, more and more people are finding it more and more difficult to find connection. More and more well, people. Well, I, I think I think that we are in the age of the internet and online learning and chat groups. So I think that you know people like us. I don't know enough about it, but somebody will emerge and help us pull together positive focused groups. Because that's really, if, if you want a connection that's going to benefit you, it's, it's surrounding yourself with people who are going to raise you up and who are going to celebrate you for you 
and who are going to selflessly help you. And, and, and because of that, you will be that person for someone else, and then someone else will be that person for someone else, and that is how change is affected in the world. Because we, we have to help each other because otherwise we're going to be alone. You know, it's like, it, it, it just, it's, it's just the reality, you know, it's just where we are. Right. We just, right. we're at a moment in time where we have the tools and, you know, we have to start thinking along those lines. You know, Matthew McConaughey has a beautiful five or 10 minute video about success, you know, and not, and again, like you, he's not measuring it just in terms of money, but in sense of achievement, and et cetera. And one of the very bone-chilling facts he mentions that talks of, talk about authenticity, and we could do a whole a podcast on this one. He says, you are the sum of the five people closest to you. So look around and take inventory of who are the five closest people to you and voila that's you and that you've you've hit on that for the last hour and 10 minutes here you everything you talk about is you know what are you looking at who are you around who are your people who what are you saying who are your influences yeah who are your influences what are you reading what are you listening to um you know, and that's from your music to your to your online things. Even if you are reading it without intentionally reading it, you know, I don't allow newspapers to come to our house. I said to my husband, "Uh, uh-uh. if you need to see that, you leave it at the office." I, I don't. I'm very protective of my daughters and my subconscious and our influences and what we see and what we create. Um, very focused on not that I don't want to know, but it's that I don't want to know because I can only change what's around me, and so that's what I'm doing. And from there, some, be, some people don't choose to look at what change is happening for the better. And so why would I just listen to them? Why wouldn't I listen to the people who are only focusing on good things? You know, I uh, for years... I avoided, I made that decision because I found out, you know, through the work, the self-work that I was doing, the healing work that I was doing, you know, from everything from acupuncture to, uh, you know, polarity, et cetera. You know, my system, my my nervous system, everything else was, was you know, was becoming more positive, et cetera. And when I focused, whenever I put on the news, even if it was for five minutes, I could feel the shift. I could feel the vibration. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't resonate with you. It did not. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I and so many times the only time I did see it is if I were in a restaurant or um, if I were, were performing my comedy in a in a club, and the TVs would be on, and I could physiologically see the images that were coming across the screen and feel it. I mean, I was that much in tune, and I, it was—it didn't ever lifted me; it always took me down and fizzled. Yeah. You know, I, many times I felt sick, and yeah. it was funny that I had um, a con- 
station in Georgia's um, service area one day, and there was a wonderfully beautiful 90-year-old woman there with her son. She was reading, actually reading a newspaper, and this wasn't that long ago, and I teased her, and I said, oh, they actually still have these? And she said, yes. And she says, I love reading my paper. And she says, how do you get your news? And I said, other people. And she, she didn't I says, if it's meant for me to hear, it always comes from somebody who saw or heard it. I never uh, intentionally go there looking for it. She said, oh, well, she said, uh, you've, you've, you've gone on 20 years like that? Oh, well, you know, and I said, uh, I said, yes. She says, well, ah, ah. I said, would you please tell me what I missed? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I say. You know, there's never a party. There's never, you know, oh, you're going to say, like, I, at 52, have been to a lot of parties uh, in a lot of places and seen a lot of things. Um, I've had a fabulous life, and that's for another story. But there's never been one that has, well, I, there's been one. But there's only ever been one that I thought, wow, that was something. I learned something from that. And that's it. Most of it's noise. So, you know, choose your noise. Choose yeah, your noise exactly. carefully. And, and, you know, and I, I, I said, like I said, if it was something earth-shattering, then somebody would call me up and say, did you hear this? And I'd say, no, but you're telling me now. Okay, thanks. I guess I'm supposed to know that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so good. Can you tell me what I missed? Can you tell me what I missed? That's very good. And you know what? And that's so, that's so like, hits the nail on the head. Like, what did I miss? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I mean, now that we're, well, now that we're on a roll, I, I do perceive it because I perceive it from an innocence you know, not being exposed to it. I can see it better than the people who are just continually being programmed by it. And, uh, it, you know, I, I laugh about the whole, um, the format. Well, say, okay, so, but I, I would just say, you're just being programmed by a different channel, okay? Your channel, exactly. everybody's got their different station, and your channel is a, just a well, different channel. Exactly. You know, I mean, we're going to have such great fun doing this because, you know, at a time when Rush Limbaugh was huge, she was, you know, and everybody was, oh a yeah, right. And remember the world was talking about the ditto heads and everything. And then the guy, um, there were so many lessons I learned from it because I used to listen to him every day. I was a salesman. I was in the uh, car. My stepfather had a rush room. They had a little sign made in his office, yeah. rush room. And all, all everyone was listening to rush. And yeah, I mean, he was, I didn't, you know, I didn't listen to him. I didn't, I was out in the world working and doing things. I didn't have the ability to sit and uh, listen to him. I took so many life lessons from that personally. So he he would enrage me. My politics, I agree more with him today than I did then. But my politics was diametrically opposed to his. And I would be screaming. Screaming at the speakers, and I'd be pounding the dashboard. You know, you jerk, you this and that. You know, and then uh, one day I realized he got me so upset, I changed the channel. <laughs> this was so <laughs> Imagine like, that. Yeah. Imagine yeah, that. You're like, wait, I don't have to listen to you, huh? <laughs> exactly. Changed... That was earth. That was earth shattering. I, I chose a different channel, and all of a sudden, 
you know, I calmed down. You know, my breathing got restored. My mind, I think I turned it to a classical musical station. And I went, wow, it's that simple. Now, right. there's, a, there's a lesson here, that, and I really want to work on this. So one night I'm coming home late at night, and they had a replay of one of the shows. And uh, he said, but Rush wasn't sounding like showman Rush. He wasn't attacking he wasn't pontificating he wasn't he was saying well he was being real he was being authentic and he was talking to whoever his caller was and he says well you know he says i had some disturbing news one day from my producer uh he came into the room and said to me hey uh good news he says our ratings we're we're the number one radio station and you're the number one radio personality in the country he says, our ratings are through the roof and our listenership. And he said, oh, that's great. He says, yeah, but he said, uh, the bad news is 50% of the people, this is very important, 50% of the people who tune into you every day hate you. <coughs> now think of that. Think of that. People hate this man, but they tune into him. Why? To do the same thing that I was doing, to get aggravated to get angry, to fight, to do the, and they get up and I was doing it. One of the first thoughts I had in the morning was I can't wait to tune in rush <laughs> and, and scream at him. And I said, what a silly choice, but it was a choice to get angry, yeah. to choose yeah. to be angry, to choose it. And once that and that choice actually made him a lot of money. P.S. Yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, you, you like, yeah. like you chose to not like him, and he was like making lots of money living in a mansion yeah, in Palm Beach. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. so wait, so let's think about that. So let's think about that. You know, and, and that actually is quite interesting, right? Our, you know, where we put our energy, no matter what it is is what what will grow so you know you you were thinking it was negative energy but energy is energy and so you know yeah and i and that's what i realized i i was choosing anger i was choosing conflict i was choosing to get myself all worked up my 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 and in, and in doing that and doing that it was growing for him oh oh it was it, it consumed me. I talked about him once the show was over. I'd get on the phone and call him. Did you hear what he just said? <laughs> you know? Well, I only hope. I only hope our radio shows, our conscious conversations, can create the same passion in a good way. I hope that we can create these these conscious conversations, sharing our own journeys, um, and and. I hope that they that people can learn from good things and learn from things that we've learned from. We're not going to call them bad. We're going to call them necessaries. I hope people can learn from our necessaries because that's what they are. It's not bad. It's part of the journey, part of the equation. So if we could just come up with a different adjective, then maybe people would be more proactive about them. I had some necessaries I had to learn. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it yeah. brought me where I am today. Right, you know I, uh, and you know with the the whole traumatic uh, 
you know, a world event of the pandemic, it shifted everything. And we can talk about that and other things. But what, what it did for me is it gave me, you know, almost a necessary return to the media. And I found myself sliding back into being angry. And, you know, poor Pauline would say to me, please don't, don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> don't, well, don't it's, so, it's so fascinating it. because people talk about the pandemic. And for me, you know, I was like, yay, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. I get to just live my <laughs> life and not have to, you know, I, first, I never watched the news. I was always eating healthy and I didn't like to go to parties and things I didn't like to go to. So now I had an excuse to really, really go. And I was like, oh, I get to only hang out with people I like. Oh, I get to just be on the beach. Oh, this is so good. Exactly. I, I did not I did not pandemic at the same level others did. No. And, not just, and I did my my family did get COVID, P S. Um and we're we we COVID through it. You know, and, and, and there by the grace of God. And that is not to dis- discount anybody's exactly. uh, experience. Right. It has nothing to do with that. I lost my family at a different time. I know the pain connected to that. Um, but but everybody's experience is not always the same all the time. That's, right. that's the biggest thing in life. Everybody goes through different things at different times in different ways. And so that's that's it. Like, we have to just honor everybody's journey. That's it. Well, honor you know, everybody's journey. I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I I I can schedule the time on these, and I scheduled scheduled it for 90 minutes. No, it wouldn't wouldn't take any effort to do 90 minutes. It was a. It's been a sitting here and again listening and resonating and uh, being all of a sudden at one point saying being conscious of my body and what it was doing, and and good chunks of this with huge smiles. I mean. You, what you say, and that comes from a resonance, that the words you're saying, the teachings that you're proposing, the outlook you have, can, in, in, the, less, in, 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 a, in the listener, can make them resonate. So, and now Blog Talk Radio is starting to tell me, you know, we've only got a few seconds left. So anything you want well, to Well, I've really with? enjoyed, no, I just, I've really enjoyed um, our focused energy. Um, towards good things in the world, and I look forward to where this goes. And and if 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 it's been for no one else but us, that's okay too. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, well, it's all yeah. good. Well, no, it's going to go further than that. So, ladies and gentlemen, whoever, whatever we are these days, <laughs> I don't want to be gender right. specific, but. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I hope you come back. It's going to be. You're thank gonna, you so much. Yeah, thank you, Martha. And thank you for sharing and giving. All right, you have a beautiful day. We'll do this again. You too. Yes, thank All you right. so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.